Dedicated Followers of Fashion is proudly sponsored by Mod Shoes. Smart shoes for smart people. Head on over to modshoes.co.uk to shop the latest range. And whilst you're there, check out their clothing label, 66 Clothing, for knitwear, shirts, jackets and more. Hello and welcome to Dedicated Followers of Fashion, the podcast where we discuss clothing, film, television and music and how it's all related. I'm Tom Hoyt, you may know me from my show on Totally Wide Radio called Go Go Power and from Instagram and YouTube as Tom the Mod. Hi, I'm Andy, um, I run Mod Shoes and um, 66 Clothing. I've been into the mod thing since I was about 11 or 12 years old and I will bore anybody about the mod thing given half a chance. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Well, I'm a bit, a little bit like Andy. Uh, I will bore anyone as well. But uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Simon Parr. I run Heritage uh, Brands Incorporated. So I'm a sales agent. So I do Gabici Vintage, Guards London, Real Hoxton, uh, Gibson London, uh, Tootle Scarves, uh, Dust Marker Hats. I think that's all of them. And Instagram is Heritage Brands Inc. or Simon C Parr sixty three sixty three. Perfect. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Dedicated Followers of Fashion and listen back to us on Spotify, iTunes and Barrel House Radio. Dedicated Followers of Fashion. For this episode, we're discussing the clothes behind some of our favourite album covers and what makes them stand out so much to us. And this week, I've been given the honour of starting and I'm going to start with Georgie Fame, Rhythm and Blues at the Flamingo. Now, there's lots of reasons why I like this album, aside from the music, but just a bit of history about the album. It was a live album recorded at the Flamingo Club on Wardour Street in September 1963 and released by Columbia Records in 1964. I like Georgie Fame for lots of reasons. I think his American-influenced R&B style in terms of vocal style and fashion was just perfect. And he was influenced a lot about by uh, Mose Allison, who's one of my favourite musicians ever, the jazz and blues musician from America. And the album actually features two covers by Mose Allison, uh, Work Song and Parchment Farm. Uh, you may have heard covers elsewhere by Mose Allison from The Who, who also did Young Man Blues. But going back to Georgie Fame, uh, Georgie Fame's fashion particularly had an East Coast Ivy style during that period. And that's a style that I know I really love. I know Simon loves it as well, especially like some of the Gibson stuff. It's right up that street. Um, and he's wearing a really nice Madras jacket on the front cover of that album. And it looks like it could be like J Press or Brooks Brothers or something like that. And it really reminds me of one I've got and it kind of is the reason I got it. And I think Simon's got the same one. Um, Gibson <laughs> did a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, um, because I love jazz, I think Georgie's fame style is a really nice blend between kind of bop jazz that was going on in the 60s at that time and also a bit of like American like Motown in there as well. It's a really nice kind of blend between the two. And I think that's why I, I really like that album. But above all, I think more than the music, I just love that cover. I could almost picture it and put it up on my wall. I think it's just a really nice, pleasing, aesthetically looking album to look at. Tom, do you, do you I mean, do you think it epitomises that, that kind of, before mod got popular sound, uh, mod got popular dress wise. Yeah, I, th I think so, and it, it shows that like when people say mods were magpies, I think that definitely is a good example of it. Where it's just like I like that bit, I like that bit, and it just shows that even though Georgie Fame may not have said I'm a mod, 
I think people would refer to him as mod. And I think the way he adopted American style is the same way of how like 17 year olds that were going to his gigs were also doing that at the time. And I think what I really like about the album, I'm not normally a fan of live albums unless it is jazz. Because I think what you heard at those gigs, you wouldn't hear again. And even though he's not kind of diehard jazz, it, um, it, it takes you there. And I think you can, listening to that gig, you can almost imagine yourself there, what everyone was wearing. And that cover just lends itself really well to that, I think. I, I agree. I've, I've got the album. And, mm. uh, and it, it, like, it, there's, there's a, there's, there was a brace of them around that time. There's the Yardbirds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five, um, five Live Yardbirds. There's a few others. I mean, Georgie, uh, Gina Washington's later. But this one, apparently a lot of mods out of town used to just sit and look at it and listen to it and just think, oh, mm -hmm. in London, I want to be at the Flamingo dancing to this. And and I think you're right in, in that jazz traditionally tends to be stretched out pieces yeah, of music, yeah. whereas this is kind of like the pop side of it because it's kind of, and it's danceable. Yeah. And I suspect he probably had to play that balancing game between it's eight o'clock, people are coming in, to it's half to eleven, everyone's up, and we're all going yeah. mad. You, you know, it's and a I, I kind of love the like the class of the album, if that makes sense. All Georgie Fame's fans, I imagine in the day they were all sitting around in coffee bars sipping cappuccinos, and then they'll be like, Oh, we've got a gig tonight to go to, and they're all sophisticated. It's kind of it's got like a level of sophistication about it that you wouldn't get from a Rolling Stones gig at the same time, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, if you imagine Soho back in the day, like you say, they'd all be dressed to the nines, you know, mm. all going out on the town, going to the uh, the scene club or the fl Flamingo. And I don't know if anyone knows this, but Andy, uh, he actually DJ'd at the scene club. I know <laughs> I've he never doesn't heard like that. to talk about it, do you, Andy? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, you could just imagine. You know, I pressed a button. I pressed a button <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah, you can just imagine, you know, a, a, a packed club in Soho, you know, going on all night, everybody dressed up, all spilling out in the morning, going for coffees. You know, what a fantastic time. Mm. I think it's it kind of like it's the, the song Pinball Wizard that The Who did. It's almost like it's about one of those gigs where he says he woke up in a Soho doorway. It's kind of like harking back to The Who's early mud days yeah. and you can imagine well that could have been a georgie fame gig for example yeah 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 i mean where we live obviously you had the uh lake and heath and milden hall air bases and all the gis used to come into london and mm. you know get, and bring records and they'd come to all these and gino washington you know he was he was one of them well and i mentioned mose allison that was apparently how uh georgie fame came across his music i think apparently he finished the gig or he was going in to do a sound check. And in between, there was a guy out in the street, down Wardour Street, selling records in the back out of the back of a car or whatever. And he picked up a Mose Allison record just on a whim and then heard it and was like, oh God, this guy's cool. And I think you can hear, when I've, I actually, when I interviewed Eddie Pillar for my show, um, we spoke about Georgie Fame and Mose Allison quite a bit. And we said how Georgie Fame was almost like the UK's reproduction of Mose Allison almost, mm. like yeah, made for yeah. a British audience. Yeah, definitely. It's true. It's vocal styling. Very that, that yeah, sort of, yeah. um, that sort of young man, you know, it's what man is it's different. It's not young man. Yeah. You know, I was really surprised as well that Georgie Fame, when I found out originally that he was from near where I live in Manchester, he was what Preston or something or Wigan. And he doesn't sound like it. He sounds like he should be from 
Detroit or somewhere like that. No, he didn't. Mm. It's kind of unbelievable. Yeah. I, yeah. I went to see him. Funnily enough, uh, Mark Baxter, he said, uh, oh, one of his, you know, what are you doing Thursday? I said, oh, not a lot. Why? He said, oh, <laughs> do you want to come to the BBC and see Georgie Fame? Because he wow. was doing it. Uh, yeah, no, I couldn't believe it. He said, uh, I said, yeah, yeah, of course I do, of course I do. So Is that, oh, on. you nearly did a pun there. I thought you were going to claim it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awful, sorry. I'll <laughs> move on. <laughs> Everything can be edited out. <laughs> but we, um, you know, typical Mark Baxter, we, we got to the front of the queue and we went in early and we sat there uh, while he was tuning up and literally five minutes before the gig, he made them change the organ, the Hammond organ, because it wasn't quite right. So these roadies come in and take this organ out. And I was thinking, look, the gig's going to start in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but he was, he was insistent that they changed the organ and they got this other organ. And he wasn't in a, the best of moods. But of course, once he came back and the show started, he was uh, mm. a fantastic showman. Brilliant. I think whole world, shake, whole world Shaking, I think, is the most mod record there is, mm. I, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I think that is the most mod-sounding dance record and... I don't think it actually came out on single, but I would love it as a single, but I'm not sure if it did. You know what to do there. It's um, those sort of things is to, um, like I did with my monkeys when I wanted um, Look Out Tomorrow, you have to go and buy a Spanish EP with it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a female. It's got the, the, the tracks on it are pretty cool. I mean, but the artwork, getting back to the, because it's yes. about the, the look of the thing, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's some great tracks on there. There's, I think there's even Humpty Dumpty, which is a blue beat. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, it's interesting. It's Georgie Fame and the. Is it Georgie Fame and the Blue Flames? Was it meant? Is it just him? Because it. I think that album is. Is it just titled as Georgie Fame? And I, yeah. I think he was as well one of the first musicians, if not the first. I don't know that had a white musician with black members in his band. So he did a lot for that scene as well, and he was multicultural within his. Yeah, the Von Gogh guy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. Is it Speed? Is his name Speedy? I'm trying not to remember. Sure. Name was. Not too sure. Yeah, I can't remember. But, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. He did bring loads of different types of music, didn't he? Like blue beat, as you said, soul, jazz, mm. blues. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves sometimes, really. No, it's just a police car going past there. So you could tell we're live. No, I thought. <laughs> I think that was outside my flat, was it? <laughs> it can't be outside here, but uh, busy uh, Manchester Road. Outside. Oh yeah, you're in you're in Manchester, so we wouldn't get it round here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> album that I've chosen, which people will probably think is a bit obvious, I'm showing it to camera, I don't know why, because we're on, <laughs> on the, uh, the radio or whatever, but um, no, it's uh, Mods May Day 1979, <laughs> and Andy will know, because, you know, when, when I was a young mod back in 1979, you didn't have many references, we didn't have uh, the internet, and you didn't have Google images or anything like that, so when this album first came out, the front cover is uh, Robert Lee sitting on his Vespa, and he just looks so cool. You know, he's got a, a three-button suit on with a Fred Perry, and then you turn it over, and there's all these pictures of uh, inside the, the gig. And if you scrutinise them, you can see what people are wearing, you know. So this was a reference for, for me as a, as a young mod as, as to, you know, what, what you should be wearing. Uh, plus, it was a, a fantastic... Record anyway, Secret Affair, Beggars, Small, Small Hours, you know, the mods. Uh, well, great name, the mods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It> took hours. <laughs> yeah. There's the um, mods, the Lambrettas, the, was there the Parkers as well? Yeah. Oh, I'm Park thinking Merton Parkers, I think. Yeah. But um, 
and then the reason, another reason I, I chose it was because we re recreated this album for 2013, for the, the Mods May Day 2013, where a lot of the bands reunited. And Andy knows Paul Sortel, our friend, who yep. got me, sort of got me back into the mod scene around about 1994, because I was into it 79 to around about 85, and then drifted away. And then I went to see uh, English Rose, which was a jam tribute band. Okay. Mm. And I just thought, wow, this is brilliant. I've missed all this. You know, I've got to buy a scooter. And my mate, Nigel the Window Cleaner, said, oh, you need to talk to Paul Sortel, who at the time I think was the only mod in Cambridge. And, um, mm. uh, you know, he, he got me a, a scooter. And uh, anyway, 2013, he phoned me up and said, uh, oh, Simon, can we borrow your scooter? I said, because I had a Vespa 150 Super, just the same as the, the one on the front cover. And I said, yeah, why? He said, oh, we're trying to recreate the, um, the album. He said, can we borrow you as well? I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I modded, I made the scooter look exactly the same with the, with the front crash bar and the spotlights and the mirrors. And then we did the photo shoot in, in Cambridge. And I, I tried to recreate exactly the same um, picture. But the album I've got is the actual, it's, um, it's spelt long. It's got N-U-N. Oh, you've, you've got the red yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't yeah. know how much this is worth. I don't think it's going to pay for my uh, retirement. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, you know, just as an album that came out in 79, I just think the, the, the image on the front cover was just, uh, just fantastic for me. It's got the you, same thing, hasn't it? I guess like Snappad for uh, you two yeah. that were about in the revival where you were looking at that for inspiration. I know you've talked about that a lot, haven't you, Andy? How that had a big influence on you, that There's, cover. That's the thing. I mean, especially me and Simon weren't that far away in terms of miles. Mm. I was in just north of Cambridge and Simon's in Ely. And something I was going to touch upon when I talk about the LPs I've got there, a lot of the music seemed, seemed otherworldly. In other words, it was something that other people did somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And when you live in a village or something, it, it, it feels like miles away. Then... To, to look at someone, you know, you you saw the jam on, on the, the telly and stuff like that, but they weren't on there long enough for you to kind of really kind of go into digital. And you couldn't hit pause like you could now, mm. you know, so you literally had, and the original mod bands, you know, um, if you looked at Small Faces and perhaps The Who, are probably the few that had LP covers. I mean, we had the Ultimate Action, didn't we, come out and the day you sit with Simon and that. But yeah, yeah. A lot. No, I mean, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the Who covers and the Small Faces covers, uh, you know, the, the clothes that they wore, they they were the references that we had. And yeah. then Richard Barnes, you know, again, I've got the book here, Richard Barnes mod book. I mean, that's loads and loads of black and white pictures of, you know, how they used to dress back in the 60s. So really, we, we were very limited. I mean, there were fanzines out there, mm. but you were very limited to to what you had i mean you had the music but but you didn't really have imagery did you you know i'd be interested to know from your both your point of view then would you say that since the revival then to now where you didn't have access like i've got like what well, like i've been brought up with i was born in 94 like just with the birth of internet and all that and that's common to me would you say that mods have got smarter over the years then or, or i think or? it's uh, i know when i got back into it before in 79, you just had to have a scooter. You just had yeah. to have a hand. 
you know, you weren't bothered. But when you got back into it, it had to be Bar Barracuda. It had to be Fred Perry. It had to be an Italian scooter. All yes. the accessories had to be all original accessories. So it had to be Bass Regions, you know. So you, you get back into it and, and there's more of a hierarchy because there are mm. so many, there's so much more information. Uh, and now, you know, there's so much information out there that you can get. You, you couldn't in those days, Simon. I mean, we've spoken about on this podcast before me buying those loafers that you used to sell in Next. And, you know, and if I might have seen a picture of, you know, Adrian in the moment wearing them, but I've not a clue where to get them. You, no. you know, and, and you, had to, you had to literally hunt these things out, which is what we've spoken about before. Getting, and talking about Robert Lee on that cover there, um, I mean, he, I've spoken to him about, you know, how that picture come about. And he's, he was literally, they went outside and it's literally opposite the pub. And the bridge house was a, a famous rock place where it was recorded. But he said, we didn't, again, we didn't have access. It was all just kind of perhaps our dad's telling us and kind of working it out. And I, I don't, I don't um, we're going to come on to the Union Jack thing in a minute, but a lot of it is passed down. You know, Terry Rawlings tells a story. Is it Terry or is it one of them? That Billy Hassett from the Chords saw, used to see Weller in town. And because they kind of worked out that they were both into the mod thing, you'd go and say hello because mm. you see another person for probably another two, you know, for another week. It wasn't. Yeah. You, you yeah, I remember. I remember going to the first uh, mod all day, which is Andy Rue's model day in the Ilford. And before you go to a local disco and you might get the jam, they might play one jam track and they might play one Motown track and that'd be it. But this dude, they were playing wall to wall mod music with, it was full of mods all dressed up. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was somewhere where everybody was a mod everyone was into the same thing and, and we were all listening to this fantastic music because you know you just you couldn't go you know the local disco it was all michael jackson and uh, you know the Bee Gees. that's <laughs> an uh, early wham wasn't it you know what <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah 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 so you know to, to go to one of these dudes uh that was incredible absolutely at least incredible. though djs for you growing up were actual djs for me for when i was starting <laughs> to go it was laptops and <laughs> yeah, well, just DJs, play. DJs yeah. had to have the records, you know. Yeah, because oh, yeah. they they that's all you played, and, and if you didn't have the records, then obviously you couldn't play them, you know. So their record collection, you know, that the, they were good DJs because they had the best record collection. It was as yeah. simple as that. Some of them, I mean, if you think about it now, some of them weren't terribly good at what we call sequencing, you know. They, <laughs> You know, they were just literally playing tunes and, and just making it up, you know. But in them, you'd have to carry, like, you can't see this bed. But, you know, I mean, I remember Dex, you know, Disco setting up at our youth club, and the back wall would just be a sea of records, of singles, you know, mm. and they'd have to bring so many mm. singles. Why yeah. on earth would they want to bring a box of Northern Soul records, which they may or may not play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. You know, I mean, if you think... It if you're doing a, an all-nighter, which is uh, 12 till 6 in the morning, that's a long, long time. Yeah. You, you imagine how many records actually get, get played, you know, in that night. You know, they had probably had about four or five DJs. So you yeah. divide that. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of records. In 1984, I remember seeing the prisoners play on the tube. And by then, all the people I was at school with were all into, like, casual stuff. And so, like Simon's saying, like, five-star 
or that it was the early sort of break dance and all that sort of stuff. You know, there's lots of kickles and casuals and stuff like that. And then the prisoners came on the TV. And at that point in my life, I was the only person who gave a monkeys that mm. I knew about 60s music. Some of my Cotton friends, the village where I'm from, they kind of didn't mind bits, but it wasn't their thing. They certainly weren't going to start a whole band playing it. Do, 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 do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When, when I saw the prisoners, you know, it's like, Jesus, there's people like me who don't live here that are in a band. <laughs> you know? And so like when Simon says about that cover, that's the bit like, that's what I would, that's me. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's the bit. And that's the only body in the village. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but it's it's true, was it? it the, the, the literally that picture of Robert Lee jumps out because you think that 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 that's what I want. Well, I I, I mean, it's, I just wondered if there's any more interesting things about Mods Mayday. There's, um, because Paul Sortel, Robert Lee, he customer of Modules, he's a nice guy. And he sold that Vespa two weeks after having that picture taken. Do you know that? I'm joking, oh, really? Wow. No, no, no. He's yeah. got a Lambert SX200, which he's had yeah. since since then and yeah. still owns now. And um, okay. he, he only had it for about a couple of weeks. There's another picture of him and um, his wife. That you, There's his girlfriend. You'll find it on the internet if you look. And it's still his wife. He's been married since 1979 to that same lady. Which is quite a commendable thing, you know. Good, and he's a really nice guy. If you ever get to chat to him, he's really nice. Yeah, one of the things, if you look really closely, is I think he's wearing eyeliner. (laughs) Now, yeah, if you look at Jimmy on the train in Quadrophenia again, he's he's putting eyeliner on, and and that was the thing. I don't know whether you used to, Andy, but I know I did. We we would put eyeliner on. (laughs) I know he's turning his nose. Perhaps I shouldn't have said that, but yeah, I mean. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because uh, the original bods allegedly used to wear eyeliner. So I think I went through a bit of a phase wearing eyeliner. Where does that come from, do you think? Is that like a, a psychedelic influence or is that like a... That's a good question. Um, I, I've I always wondered. I just from... Yeah. Yeah. I've never really thought about, like, why? I've got one more anecdote about that cover, if you want it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yes, please. I know too much about mods made. You bought, you bought the scooter? No. Uh, <laughs> no, he um, he wasn't at the gig till late. Oh, he, so, so Robert's on the cover. It was on the mods. It was on the May Day, and they'd been off to Brighton, and they didn't get back till eight o'clock at night. And he only caught the last hour of the gig. So even though he's on the front cover, mm. he wasn't at the whole gig, which wow. breaks the illusion. I'm sure. But there you go. No, I think that's really cool that he turned up late. You know, because yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, rock star. You get early, do you? <laughs> I'm going to start with this. I am going to show this to the camera because you you pair need to see it, and I think. Oh, lovely! Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's the Who My Generation LP cover. The the small faces are the ones that everybody sort of mentions these days. I think it's just because there's a lot more pictures of them looking a lot more cooler than the the Who most of the time. But this surely in 1965, you're living in the provinces, you get this album. Well, it's not 65, it was recorded in 65, come out in 66. You know, arguably after the mod thing is on its ass in 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 London. Do you know what I mean? But that coat, that Union Jack coat that Entwistle's got on there that they must have shared, you know, because there's pictures of um, Townsend in it. Um, 
there's some brilliant clothing as well. I think Daltrey's wearing, is it a cord? Um, it looks cord, but it might not be. Lee, is it a Leeds, Simon? I think yeah, it looks like Leeds. Yeah, I think it, it is. It's a, yeah. it's a Lee, Lee Cooper corduroy denim yeah, jacket. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. And all of their outfits are great. Um, it's fantastic. I've got some just going back, Just going back to the Union Jack yeah. uh, jacket, I mean, Warren Gold, who was Lord John of Carnaby Street, I mean, I knew him and uh, he had a shop in Golders Green and he told me loads and loads of stories. But one of the stories he told me was that he made that jacket out of a, a flag and he, ne he nearly got arrested because you're defacing the Queen, you know, basically. Oh, really? it's, it's the Union Jack and no one had ever made a jacket out of the Union Jack. And uh, apparently he made the jacket and then uh, he nearly to, got arrested for to it. To mention Pretty Green again, sorry, but we did, um, Liam was playing at the Isle of Wight Festival and we did the same thing for him. We made him a parker. I say we, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I saw stuff like, Give no. Um, <laughs> yeah, they did the same for him. With a, they made a parker out of it. There's actual footage of them sewing it together backstage just before he co goes on. It's incredible. They, mm. were, they were still making the, the Union. And then, of course, everybody wanted the Union Jack Parker that Liam's got. And, of course, it was a one-off. Yeah, yeah. But getting to the cover itself, there's more to it. I mean, again, this, this is the, the reissue. I don't know if you can see, but this is the Virgin one. And this came out in 1979 because obviously the mod revival thing. And um, I think Richard Branson, obviously, it would never been released. It was out in 66. And because some of the, the stuff behind the, the, the scene, it was only out for 12 months and then it was discontinued. And so um, you couldn't buy it. It was mm. that's why it was used to be worth a small fortune. Then Virgin decided to reissue it, obviously, when the jam were becoming through and the clash and all of that sort of stuff. So that's when I think most of us got our mitts on it. I have got some facts for you about the cover, if you're ready for this. Um, what have I got here? It was recorded in 65. Um, interestingly, Shell Tamer was the guy who recorded the sound. And it was Glenn Jones, who ended up being the, the Who's um, producer, who did Barbie O'Reilly and all the other stuff. He was the engineer. So it's all, they kind of stay together. The picture was taken um in surrey docks in southeast london do you know that simon no i don't know no, no, apparently... i couldn't tell you any more than that De it was decker records photographer david Wed wedgeberry that took the picture apparently and um i've got a book of his and he's done he was like the star photographer uh, um decker so why decker was taking well decker brunswick are the same thing aren't they so yeah yeah that's probably why he was there um, but what I was on, but the one what I wanted to talk about about it. Oh, there's an interesting story. Must get onto um, the Blondie, the Jam, the Undertones specials have all copied that looking up mm. thing. Do you know? I mean, the specials very much so. The Jam obviously nicked the jacket in '77, but then when they got accused of all the conservative things, they put the Union jackets away. <laughs> but this is where that brings the story right up to date. Bruce Foxton gave his Union Jack jacket to Tony Perfect. And I don't want to be morose, but Tony Perfect died last week. Oh, oh yes, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. And that was Bruce Foxton's one from okay. the Your and he'd given it to Tony to wear. And Tony apparently was telling the story on the modcast, wasn't he? That he um he wore it to support Sham sixty nine, and he walked up the road with a Rickenbacker and a, and a, and a Union Jack jacket on, and all the Skinners were going. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now it's such a cool. I mean, holding it up now, you know. Even uh, the white Levi jacket with the white jeans. I mean, if you look at Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood, 
with yeah. Brad Pitt. He wears that outfit, white Levi jacket and white Levi jeans with the, uh, the, the Chelsea boots. It looks so cool. And has he got a um, college scarf on there? I think Pete Townsend. Like yeah, yeah. Townsend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's such, such a cool album. I think Out in the Street, is that the first track on the album? Oh, yeah, it's, that is a magnificent song. Yeah, that, I think that's a better track than My Generation. I think it's just, yeah, maybe it's because it's not as played as much. But yeah, it's that's a great song. And and just talking about the music, and then because um, yeah, fantastic. Um, I particularly love the Ox because it just it's just yeah, wipeout, isn't it? Really, yeah. And, and my favourite, I really, I the one I listen to now is Much Too Much, which you can totally hear well I ripped off. You know, because um, it's the, the basically it's the G and the C thing, as I call it, right? And that is so. It's it's all of that in the City album. It's like he's gone mm. right. What can I do with this one? Right, I'm going to copy that and I'm going to change it. And then what about this one? Well, I could copy that and change that. And you can tell well as listen to that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll copy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, only you can say that. I wouldn't dare say that. <laughs> well, I'd say it to his face if he was here because he said it in an interview once. <laughs> I love the story of one. What, I can't remember what magazine it was. Who would the, the put him and Townsend together when they met? And there's that famous picture. But you can tell there, Townsend's obviously far past that who mod look and. Weller looks like Townsend 20 years before, whatever it was before. Yeah, Do you know? Yeah. It, yeah, it's, I don't know. But yeah, there's an, like, they'd not met before then, had they? The press had no. just put them together and been gone, like, be friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're mods. You're mods. Yeah, you yeah. like each other. Be friends. Yeah, yeah you must <laughs> like each other. Yeah, yeah. You and just... then, then you fast forward it to uh, the picture of Weller walking with his tweed coat and his uh, Bass Regions and white Levi's. And all the mods are in the parkers. So again, you know, they're all mods, but Paul Weller's moved on, you know, mm, whereas yeah. Pete Townsend had moved on and Weller was a mod. So it's strange. Did you not think they were different people? If you, if you, Townsend comes from a very sort of art, rock, very highfalutin kind. He's a very of... middle class family, wasn't he? Or yes. Yeah, yeah, very well off. With the best respect to Weller, he, he does not come from, he's not cut from that sort of no. breed. He's a big fan he's in, and all that stuff. And he does some amazing music, but he's not, they're not the same people. You know, they might mm. make music, but they're not the same people. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I like, I love that album. Um, I think as a young mod, it was just brilliant. I think the small faces have sort of superseded The Who recently because without you know without being morose they died so they couldn't mess up their their, their mm. back catalogue you know whereas the who are kind of been around and they they got a bit more rockery didn't they and mm. i don't know i don't know because they're like the underdog as well aren't they they didn't last as long they didn't there's yeah. only so you can listen to their whole stuff very a lot quicker obviously than you could all the who stuff and the who are bringing stuff out still and yeah very yeah. much so my next choice is Inventions and Dimensions by Herbie Hancock. When I was about 16 and starting to get into jazz, I, I felt a little intimidated getting into that world. And there was no one else that I knew that liked jazz music or, and I didn't want to say it to anyone. It felt like it was a massive secret, which sounds a bit over the top, but it was. I felt like I couldn't tell anyone at school, oh, I'm listening to jazz music. I remember, in fact, there was a time when I had a pair of headphones in on lunch break and I was sat down and someone said, what are you listening to? And I lied and just said, oh, the radio. And I think I was listening to something like early 60s jazz. And I was that embarrassed to say, but Herbie Hancock was one of the first people I kind of stumbled across. 
but I literally listened to what I liked the cover. Like I saw the cover for Inventions and Dimensions and thought, that's a cool cover. I'll have a listen to that. And I don't know, it's a really cool cover just because of what he's wearing. He's wearing a nice Mac. He's got a shirt and tie, some uh, skinny trousers that are at a cool length, and he's got a nice pair of shoes on there, which are almost like the same shape as the Dayton. So I don't know if you had anything to do with that, Andy, or not. Yeah, I was there in 1960. <laughs> I, I supplied them. But um, <laughs> it's an album from my favourite era of jazz. Um, so it was made in 1963, and Bop was very notable at that period, as we know. But what stood out about that album was the fact that it incorporated Latin-inspired percussion. And Herbie Hancock's two albums before that were very similar. They could almost be just one long album. And he was very influenced by like Dizzy Gillespie in the 50s who had kind of Latin jazz. And he brought that forward into the 60s, which was really cool. But yeah, I just think it's a really cool album. And it's visually one of the nicest albums to look at out of Blue Note. And as we know, Blue Note are just some of the coolest say, albums. I was going to say, was it Blue Note? Because for Christmas, I got the Blue Note um, book with yes. all the covers. And there's such cool covers, aren't they? Yeah, you, you could you hang think, them up, couldn't you? They're that nice. Oh, yeah. Every single one, uh, you know, the way they're dressed, the way that it's uh, photographed. It's just, I mean, as far as graphic design is concerned, mm. they talk about, you know, Mad Men and, and you know, they, they must have been so revolutionary when it came out. Oh, definitely. Did you watch the mentioned on the documentary that was on, I think, the Beeb about... I still haven't seen it, no. I, I, no, I do I need to. I haven't. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And they they went, they show about, the, they give you the story and they and they talk about designing the covers in it. And and um, he says about, you know, there's something to do because it's to do with four colour processing, isn't it? So mm. if you've got like that album by The Who, it's got four colours that has to go under the thing four times. And mm. so a lot of those were two colour because it saves a few quid on print, you know, it mm. just does. Um, but also it's starting to be a design, didn't it? It had a design technique. But from a graphic point of view, which like I do with, with mod shoes, that some of the things you just think, oh, that's so lovely, you know, just because they've just used bits of photographs, but they haven't mm, cut them mm. out in some sort of really naff way. They've sort of blended it in with the, the font. It must have... The, that's a mind. That's a proper... The person who took care of the covers took as much care of the cover as the people making the records. So yeah. everything was in a line. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, and honestly, I think that's where part of my intimidation when I was younger come from. I thought, jazz is too cool. I can't like that. How am I ever going to learn about it? Because you feel like people that like jazz are just going to be snobby about your liking it and you can't be part of our club. Do you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, of course. It has that <laughs> very much... Like a, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, it novice. does have very much a hierarchy thing about it, doesn't it? Not the same way as... Oh God, I can't tell anyone I like Jesse J, which <laughs> no, not saying I do. So, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's it, very much Blue Note has that about it as well. And I think there's so many more covers I could have picked from Blue Note, but that one is always a favorite of mine just because like Andy said, there's only three colors on there. I think it's like blacks, yellows, and his name's in red. And it just looks really cool. It's just, yeah, I always say it. It's a cliche, but you could hang it up on a wall. It's that nice, is it? Well, have, have you seen a guy called Mark Wonderful who's been doing those those big LPs? Yes, on Instagram, I think I've seen him. Yeah, he yeah he, yeah he does. He's just done the, he's done the jam set in sun. Set in sun, yeah. He mainly does it because he likes doing blue note ones. Now they cost a small fortune. He does it on some sort of wood that's about what, a quarter of a 
quarter of an inch thick. So it has, it feels like an album. Do you know what I mean? But it's huge. And they, he says they're an absolute joy to paint because they're just, you know, it's not a photograph of someone. It's mm, a, mm. You know, you're painting yeah. nice, a nice broad stroke. But, um, but Blue Note, that particular one, you know, it's, how can I explain? You're buying or you know what you're getting. You know, if you if you with Blue Note, it's it's like a brand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you, you know, there's other jazz albums you can get from the '60s, and they might have some fantastic tracks on them. But you look at it and you think that's just rubbish. Whereas Blue Note just looked great. You know, it looks yeah. as you're going thumbing through the collection. Look at that. Yeah, you, right, you can't really say that about any other record label, I suppose. Can you? Like Motown did good covers. But they were often compilations, weren't they, or or photographs? They weren't yeah, but that's really. That's the English Tom. So that's the English art department. That wouldn't wouldn't have been American, would it? Because no, it was just made for a British audience. Yeah. 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 So I think I think the only other people would have been perhaps um, Factory Records because they had the fact. That's true. The one, everything had a number. New Order had... have some cool ones, don't they? Very like minimalist, modernist kind of yeah. Manchester inspired art. It's quite cool. But then I suppose you could argue bands like, I don't know if you're going to get into artwork, bands like um, uh, Pink Floyd, which is all St uh, Storm Ferguson, mm, um, mm. does all that stuff. And it's very distinct, a bit like the Pixies uh, were always a certain guy. Who is it? Like the Ice Cube, not Ice Cube, Sugar Cubes and all those people. They have distinct art and the music reflects. It works. You know, it, it's yeah. kind of one i have a story i have a pink floyd story if you want me oh yeah go on yeah, yeah we're, we're always like a story <laughs> well, my, my dad had a menswear shop in ely and pink floyd did one of their covers do you remember it's the one with the big silver heads yeah, yeah. and in the mouth you can see ely cathedral oh yeah so, yeah it's in a plowed field there's two silver heads and and like i said these two massive sculptures and and for part of it i don't know why they wanted uh, loads of blokes wearing straw hats so uh what used to happen dad would go to work and my mum would cover for lunches she'd turn up about i don't know 12 o'clock till three o'clock and she said she was walking around the corner to the shop and dad jumped in a soft top mercedes with his blonde and just sped off <laughs> and she was like oh my god what's going on here so anyway he eventually came back and they wanted these straw hats. So she was from the prop department and he'd got all these straw hats, jumped in these soft up Mercedes and drove off to this field in the middle of nowhere in the Fens uh, oh. for the for the Pink Floyd um, oh, wow. uh, photo shoot. So of course, when he came back, mum was absolutely fuming. <laughs> saying, where the hell have you been? I saw you with that blonde woman. What are you doing? And he's like, oh, no, no, they're shooting a Pink Floyd film. She's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's cool. That's now, my Pink Floyd story. But you, but Blue Note, just getting back to Blue Note, <laughs> I took up on a right tangent there. It's, it's, it is about brand. And, and, we, and something that we've spoken about lots in all of these, pro, these podcasts we've done so far is about the idea of brand. Yeah. You know, and about something that it sits or it fits. You know, all I, two of us or three of us have got Gabici on. It fits. Mm. It's nice. It's brand. It's on brand. It fits. And I think that's, I think you're really, it's a sharp comment, that one, Tom. And, um, and especially with some of the Blue Note, we had that album on today because I, I won't lie, I hadn't listened to it, mm. you know, but we had it on and it's nice, you know. And What I like about it as well, it's all layered, isn't it? It starts off with just, I think, it's almost like just maracas on their own and it just builds and builds yeah. and it's just nice background music. Yeah, yeah. It's just, we, you can mean, switch it said, he said, I can't imagine it being particularly thrilling live. No, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I think it would be, yeah. Wanna, you know, but it, again, in tune with the first album you had, 
that's the difference. It's the difference yeah. between early night, the party's rocking, and yes. we're down. You, you know what I mean? It's a and that, that's the thing as well. It was the so his first two albums, taken off from my point of view, um, he wrote them like before he recorded them. Whereas that was his first ever improvised album. It was all done in studio. Oh, really? So that, that maybe explains that layering a bit. But going back to the style, what I wanted to mention about Blue Note musicians in particular, I think because they were all traveling around all these uh, different American campuses, like university campuses across the, the country, they were picking up different clothes. And I know Simon always says Ivy League is really understated. And I think the Blue Note musicians, they understated is the perfect word for them, I think. They all like what I love about Herbie Hancock is is thick rim glasses, is we just wear a simple cardigan, a nice pair of trousers and a shirt. And I think if a lot of people wore that, it wouldn't look anything special. But because it's him wearing it, he carries it in a way that yeah. just the average guy wouldn't. They're certainly not stage clothes. You imagine stage no, clothes. Yeah. If you imagine Sweet or Mud or David Bowie, if they were going on stage, they were going to make a you know an impression. Whereas these guys were just wearing their own clothes. Yeah. And they just look so cool. And then if you look at the audience as well, they would be wearing similar clothes to, to that. And you know, I look back at these black and white jazz um programs and the whole audience just looks so cool you know mm. it's like the shirt yeah. miles davis wore the green one that everyone loves that was literally just he probably just turned up to that in the day no one told him to uh, stick on mm. a green shirt for a photo or whatever that is literally just his look yeah, isn't because it? charlie watts in 40 years in 10 years time in london's going to call you the yeah. most exciting man <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just it, but it's it, again if we're getting into the, the the knuckle of it as well you know if you the black skin looks good against some of those colors you know mm -hmm. there's some fantastic pictures of um the guys the jazz guys or the, like some people in new york or in the inner cities and they're wearing like lovely oranges and lovely yellows and against my pale skin it's going to not look so good you know i have it, to it, say i have pale skin if i i have to be very careful what colors i wear it's like <laughs> there's a lot of times i pick up a knit and i think ah oh, this Beige knit looks good, and my girlfriend will be like, "You will look naked if you wear that." <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> that is true. Dedicated followers of fashion. My next album, uh, again, people will go, "Oh, it's a bit obvious, Simon," but it's again from 1979, and it's the uh, it's actually the Quadrophenia album from the film, not the the original one. I think which was 1973. But this is the uh, the one from 79. Now, the reason I've chosen this was because uh, in 1979, when the, the film came out, I mean, people who know me know that I look young for my age, which is brilliant when you're 57 and you look 56. But when you're <laughs> 16 and you look 12, it's, it, I mean, I used to get stopped on my Vespa all the time because I just looked so young. And me trying to get into an X, because Quadrophenia would have been an X, and all my mates were going to see it in 1979 and I, I couldn't get in. So, of course, I didn't see it. Um, so I got the album and it's brilliant because the front cover, obviously, Jimmy is in Quadrophenia Alley. You open it up. They're all standing there. The famous picture of them standing against the wall, but they're actually superimposed onto Brighton Seafront. But again, if you look at each person and what they're wearing, um, you know, you've got a reference there. I mean, my favourite spider, he's got the, uh, the army trench coat, which I got one of those. 
And I think he looks so cool. And then when you pull the, the records out, each sleeve has six pictures, you know, on each side. And again, the scooters, the clothes, the references back in 79, you know, it would be, I want to look like that. I want that jacket. I want that shirt and tie. I want to look like Sting. I got a, a leather coat like him, actually. I think it was uh, the first bonus I got from John Lewis in 1980. I, I went and bought a leather coat, as you do. When we were like... in Brighton, Andy, and when yeah. me and Simon were there, Simon was adamant he was going to get a picture of me down the alley, and he dragged <laughs> three other people that weren't remotely interested in mud <laughs> just to get that little picture down the alleyway, didn't we? We got it. Drag you down the <laughs> alley? No, he didn't drag me. I'll, yeah. have, you, I'll have you know. <laughs> First, first time Tom the Mod had ever been to Brighton, so of course it was, it, yeah, yeah. It had to go down. We had to get the picture, you know. Yeah, of course. And it's he was lot. so excited when he found the alley there. there <laughs> which um, no, it's great. So yeah, I mean, I spoke about it before. You know, when you're 16, 1979, the references that you had, and and when I finally got to see the film, which um, my auntie she had a Betamax <laughs> video. And uh, she let me watch it around there, and I think I watched it watched it twice. But yeah. what a brilliant, what a brilliant film and the soundtrack as well. And also with the um, the album, you've got the other the records, which is uh, Night Train, Louie Louie, Green Onions. You know, fantastic. Not only have you got the whole Who album, you've got the um, mm. incidental music as well. I think as well. I remember I because I didn't have any. I, I was a bit. I'm a bit younger than you. I'm. I'm 52 now, so I I kind of got. I think I saw Quadrophenia first on video 83, I think, and I didn't. I didn't have the records, but my we had a, a sort of device on the back, so I could plug it into my cassette player, and if I press play on the, you know, could watch it on the screen, and I could record the music. And so for years, I never had the soundtrack. I had the the bits from the film in C uh, yeah. on the bits in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good because you can get the the rattle tattle ta, 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 when it is I am one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like it's fantastic. I used to really love listening to like the headphones 13 years of age, you know, listening to that. Because you got the sounds and the, the kind of awkwardness and stuff. But yeah, it's but the soundtrack Simon as well, because it's it's um it's suit suit on that. The high numbers. Is it, no, I it, think there's a this one, song with the, the lyrics in, isn't it? But it's not Zoot Suit. Yeah, it's... and you don't get my generation because it was in the film, but it, yeah. it's not on the album. And I don't think Zoot Suit's on it. I guess it is. It's, yeah, it's the high numbers. So it's it's very good. I mean, the lyrically, he he's got loads of the things spot on. Obviously, you know, he was mm. totally there, and he and he totally understands it. Do, do you? But that particular cover. Is it on the front of that? Is he wearing loafers? Because can you see if he's wearing? Yeah, tassel? it's tassel, tassel loafers. So they look like Brighton's or something, don't they? Because they're quite chunky. They look like they're they, loafers. No, clothes. looking looking at it now, they look like Baswegians actually. Oh, so did they? They're, they're like slim. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got like a, a red tonic jacket, white button down, black uh -huh. um, knitted tie, black trousers, and the parka. Um, but yeah, the the. Uh, they definitely look like a Baswegian. They're quite um, no, they're not, as not as heavy. Yeah, if you look on um, Modu's blog somewhere, we've got the picture, a still from the picture, which is not in the film, and you can see they they look just like Baswegians. Yeah, oh, and then, again, if you open up, he's sitting on Sting's scooter, and, and you can see you could clearly see his um, loafers there as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, again, 
he steals Sting's scooter and rides off, you know, in a suit and a parka, no crash helmet, beachy head. <laughs> I mean, you. what more do you want? You don't want to throw it off a cliff, though, do you? But, uh, no, 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 no. But, but yeah, it's a great album, great cover. Again, for all of the reasons we spoke about earlier, like the jams or mod cons, which hasn't no jam oh, cover. You know, do you know yeah, what I mean? no, I was I was going to choose that one actually because again, um, when that came out, uh, the references there, you know, the, I think the pale blue stay press, yeah. the black Blanky and white boots. jam shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, and then again, you open up the the cover, and there's all those references inside there. Um, that was that was a great cover. That would have been one of my choices. Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic, Simon. I mean, there, there's a, and again, it comes back to that. You're looking at them, and you want, it's the whole package, and it, and it's which if 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 I don't mean to be rude, but if you're done, it will neatly bring me on to my next one. <laughs> <laughs> you carry on, my friend. Right. Well, well, I I'm going to cheat. And some here, right? <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Because what I'm going to do now is talk about, dare I say, it, the Beach Boys, and because they're a big thing, they're a big thing with me at the moment. Are they an all-time classic? I don't know about that, but they are to me. And that was—I spoke about this on Mod Shoes Live. But look, that's the first album I ever owned, and that's kind of classic surf look on it. It's all. You, you need to tell us what it is, Andy. We can't see on the video. It's Beach Boys all summer long album from on MFP, which would have been brought in Woolworths in 1977 for about a pound. And I, I asked my Aunt Mary the other day, she did buy me it. And um, But what's interesting about those and all of the Beach Boys albums, and I'm going to zoom through them, the, the guys are going to see them. Surfing Safari is the coolest one, I think. Yeah. That's my favourite. Yeah, they're brilliant. Now, why I'm showing you all of them, and why I can't make my mind up between which one I like the best, is what I like about them is because they do feel like another world. They feel like, they certainly didn't feel like anything I knew, certainly where I was, you know, they're all surfing. The colors are always blue. Mm. You know, it's a lot of, it's- Driving around in hot rods. Yeah. Kind of, I've, kind got, of, I've got that to come on to someone. I mean, this all summer long, this is the proper one for what my aunt brought me. Look at that hooch t-shirt there mm -hmm. you know it's fantastic he's look at his blue top there you're almost certainly going to see 66 do that it's beautiful it's perfect you know it looks like a mood board for 66 yeah, clothing doesn't it rubber, isn't it <laughs> <laughs> this one's a bit rocker it's got the just the hot rod on the front but it's still you know we didn't have that in england you know there's those people had it but you know stuff like that um again this is a dreadful album don't buy this it's just like cobbled together Typical Capital, they just literally used to put them on the cover, throw a few songs on. Many of these albums have got the same songs. Great cover, though, with a mm. is yeah. it Cadillac or Corvette on the front. There? Is it a yeah. Stingray, Nick? Corvette Stingray? Yeah. yeah. Sting? Love. Really Very nice. nice. Harringtons, they're all wearing Harringtons. But that, that was the one from the 70s that everybody had. Yeah, so. I had that one. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, yeah. But this one, I think, sums it up best. Now, I don't, I think it's Carl. Is it Carl? I think so. Um, can you see this guy here? Now, the reason I want to mention it is because that look there, look at it, is the trousers, the little summer shoes that we sell and the top, they all look and the colours. I just So they're on a, they're on a yacht and they've got that, uh, are they deck shoes? That kind of? Yes, they are. Mm. Yeah, deck yeah. shoes and they've got a jumper and chinos. Yeah, they're yeah. really cool. Really cool. Yeah. So for people who obviously are listening to this podcast, What's actually going on here is they're on this boat and it's obviously very blue in the background 
Um, they're wearing obviously very summer clothes. It's obviously warm, but they're still wearing sort of jumpers because they're out at sea. And I think that's what I love about the Beach Boys is that they they lived in a world that I didn't live in. And, and a lot of music to me is about escapism. And mm. when I look at these covers, you know, even when I looked at the Who gener my generation, that wasn't my world. You know, it, it, it was another place. It was something, and they just, it just looks like somewhere I'd like to live. But also when you listen to the music and you listen to Surf and Safari and they do the organ solos like da 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 da, they don't sound like- oh, It's very cinematic, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and it's, they were only like 17. Yeah, it's <laughs> mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it just does your head in. The guy, I'm going to show this picture. The guy there, who's this one, let me show, this is a second album, Surfer Girl. And the guy there, is it him? Yeah. He uh, joined after Al Jardin, which I'll get onto in a minute. And he was 15 and he does the guitar solos on those Surfing Safari and all of that. And he was 15 in their next door neighbor. You know, it's, I couldn't do anything. Well, I could, but I wasn't. I couldn't play that guitar solo when I was fifteen. Mm. You, you, you know what I mean? That's I, the Pendleton that uh, John Simons does at the minute. It's really nice. Yeah, and it's a that, lot of money, but very nice. <laughs> yeah, but you imagine seeing that in 1962 when this came out. Mm. You know, and you're English. You know that there's no way you could have done that in England. You yeah, know, I, I had Cleethorpe Seafront when I was that age. You couldn't do that. <laughs> we had Yarmouth. Oh, we I used to go Yarmouth to Yarmouth. Yeah. yeah, it certainly wasn't like that. No, it was brown water as well, not blue. <laughs> <laughs> and just and just so you know, so you guys know as well. Um, obviously, I, we, this podcast will go out probably well after. But the new top we've got coming out is called the Jardine, 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 whatever, and it's called that, that after one of the Beach Boys. And because I, I just, it, to me, it just, I just love the idea that it's, it feels like something different. And a whole, so an LP cover, in the same way you were saying about Blue Note, Tom, mm. you know, it's like that, you know, that all summer long, which we must post up on the Instagram feed, you know, just look at that. That just, you don't have that life in England, you know? No, no, no. no. You wouldn't be wearing, where's that yellow one? You wouldn't be wearing that yellow top like that guy's wearing there. Well, we said before, I mean, if you think about, you know, after the war, America recovered really quickly, didn't it, uh, in the 50s, whereas uh, it took us a little bit longer. So if you look at the 50s in, in Britain compared to the 50s in America, they're all riding around in hot rods and going to, you know, uh, drive-ins and driving movies and totally different life to us. And we're yes. riding around on a little Lambrettas, it's pouring with rain, freezing cold, with uh, cups of tea and a bacon sandwich, it's as good as you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, why, that's why I pulled those out, because they, to me, they're aspirational. And when you listen to the music, like the Blue Note ones do, the guys look cool. Yeah. You know, if you look at some of the animals' covers, they kind of look okay, you know, but it's, do you, you know, are they really that smart? They look a bit. But yeah, it, it's more of a uniform, isn't it, than their actual yeah. what they're they're wearing. They it, with the Beach Boys, it's almost like you know that they've chosen out that stuff themselves. Whether they did or not, you don't know. But with the animals, I guess, and the it's kind of like that Beatles thing, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, you all look like this because you are the Beatles. Whereas the Beach mm. Boys, you imagine they are just a group of lads having. Oh, enjoying the sun in the on the beach on a day off or whatever, and and, and I, I quite like that. I mean, it, you you know, it's as, as I'm getting older, 
you know, I buy EPs now because I, I'm just because I like the covers. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in between, but there, there's something nice about a nice cover. You sort of think that's a nice cover, mm. and and covers I think are important. I think we lost that. I mean, I don't want to sound like an old fart, and you know, music and things advance, but one of the you know the problems with MP3s and perhaps Spotify is you miss yeah that piece of art. You miss that. Even with CDs, you got at least you got a CD. You know, I think that's why I think one of the reasons why vinyl is becoming so popular again is because uh, people are rediscovering it. And, and it's fantastic flicking through old records and looking at the covers because that uh, determines really whether you're going to buy it. You think, wow, that looks really cool. I wonder what that's all about. Yeah. If you don't know the artist. But yeah, I mean, you know, you took it home and you, you read it and looked through it, put the record on. Which you don't get if you get Spotify. You just oh, I like that record. I'll download it. I'll listen to it. You don't really get what it's about. Good example of that. If you love it or hate it, is the War of the Worlds record, isn't it? You listen to mm. it and flick through the book because the yeah. pictures yeah. are so well done. And you don't yeah. really get, like you said, and you don't get that now, do you? It's like the Spotify. I don't know if that is a bad thing. It's just technology moving on. Things mm. move on, you know, and that's how life is. But you know, and technology does, you know. But it's, I think there's something, especially with your Blue Note stuff, especially with the Blue Note stuff, the, the, the fact that every bit of that has been thought through. Mm. And it's, that's a very mod thing, if, yeah. I'm, mm. if I'm really honest about it, is, you know, even down to the kind of, it's been recorded as well as it can be recorded. If you watch the, the Blue Note documentary, you know, it's, you know, they really were at pains to kind of get it right. Yeah, because, you know, and you know, and and but to look effortless in the clothes whilst taking real pains to get the music right, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Ice cool. <laughs> I think if you're walking down the street with a blue note record on your arm, people think, "Wow, that guy's cool." Yeah. Whereas if you, whereas if you had the bass eat your rollers on your arm, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. A bit of cedar Bay City rolls. They're a good night out, but oh, don't it, there's nothing <laughs> cool about that. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Dedicated Followers of Fashion, starring Andrew Lindsay, Simon Parr, and me, Tom Boy. Until the next episode, remember you can find us on Instagram and follow us at Dedicated Followers of Fashion.